Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to First Act, a podcast from Koshi's Business Builders. I'm Seth Busby. I'm Adam Bob. As journalists, we've interviewed some of the world's most inspiring and influential people, from pop stars to politicians, celebrities to CEOs, and plenty of folk who aren't famous but are fantastic in their own fields. That is right. So we're here to talk about what inspires the best of the best. First Act is all about the origin stories of Australia's most innovative movers and shakers in business and life. So each week, Sess, you and I, we get to you know, pan for gold, those gold nuggets of wisdom. <laughs> we ask a special guest how they found their purpose, what their breakthroughs were, and the mistakes or curveballs they've learned from along the way. Today, we're joined by Troy Douglas, co-founder of Nexpa. Now, for those of you who aren't in the know, Nexpa makes sugar-free sodas and kombuchas, and they're pretty delish, and they've been an absolute game changer in the natural soda industry. Troy and his brother-in-law started the brand just over a decade ago, and they've seen it grow from a roadside market event to a full-scale production line that exports overseas. But being a soft drink mogul, I think that was probably never the original plan. And Troy's path to entrepreneurship is a bit of a zigzag, including stints in marketing and a law degree. So he's here to unpack his journey with us today. Troy, welcome to the show. Sess and Adam, thank you. That was a very nice intro and um, I hope I can uh, share some exciting insights over this chat. I am sure you will because you have such an interesting background. Um, we have, um, you know, we're thrilled to have you on First Act. Now, we always start with a question we call the First Act, Icebreaker, which is pretty appropriate because we can put those that ice in some of your natural sodas afterwards. <laughs> um, but your icebreaker for today is you have one album you can listen to for the rest of your life. What would you choose and why? Oh, my goodness. I have to say well, the first thing that came into my, my mind was, which may be embarrassing, but I, I think it's Adele. And I don't know if that talks to <laughs> Adele 21, which is terrible. But um, no, she's, I think I just look back in my life and um, when there's been particular pain, painful points and experiences, um, I've loved playing some Adele and being comfortable with having a bit of a cry of it. Ultimately, I think it's led to some really great growth. So that's the, that's why that's why I picked Adele. Wow, that is a good choice. I thought you were going to divulge some kind of guilty secret there, but Adele's pretty. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't think you need to feel shame about Adele. <laughs> she's she's also just so she's so fun. I remember it actually. I shouldn't probably share this, but when we were thinking about where do we want to expand um, the UK. Uh, a large part of my rationale was I was excited to head over and I just feel like her and I would be quite good friends. Okay, so, <laughs> so you only expanded into the UK so that you could try and get in the same room as Adele at some point. That is that is the whole mission behind your business. But I think 
It was, it was just a, it was a good nugget of, uh, I think it made sense to, to go to the UK. But anyway, we, we totally digress and my credibility is now running. So let's get back on top. <laughs> I think we can consider the ice broken. Uh, all right. Well, let's get into, let's get into chatting with you about your, your first act. So Nexva is a challenger brand. Have you always had that kind of rebellious go against the grain streak to you? Yeah, I think uh, ever since I was a kid, I think curiosity and um, being comfortable with being different is something that I've always enjoyed. Um, Yeah, I think my parents would probably share uh, that I was at certain times I probably wasn't the easiest child, but I always just wanted to have purpose and reasons to lean into the things that I enjoyed. Um, So, yeah, I guess it has been ingrained. So what kind of role did entrepreneurship play in your life growing up? You mentioned as a child purpose um, was part of what you did. It was kind of ingrained into you. But was entrepreneurship as well? Were you the kind of the kid with the lemonade stand out on the street going, buy my lemonade? (laughs) (laughs) I think I've always been ambitious to, to work and to make an impact. I remember my, like, I asked to work when I was 14 and I was probably, I wasn't 14, nine months. I was a bit too early when I had my first job at Glory Jeans, but I quickly became a manager at Glory Jeans at 15. And then I remember a new ownership came in and they're like, this kid's 15, he can't be a manager. So my, I think my wage went from $16 to $6.50. Um, so I then left <laughs> that job. Oh my gosh. <laughs> It's so funny. You hear these random stories from people who have started their work journey actually before they were legally allowed to. I hear these all the time. One other one was probably when I was 15 um, and I I enjoyed learning and I was part of the Student Representative Council and um, proud nerd in, in, in school and I got asked to go to the Australian, um, represent Australia and do some uh, SRC overseas and I remember we needed to raise um, capital for that trip. Um, I probably didn't refer to it as capital back then, but <laughs> um, so we held a. Um, I remember holding a boat cruise um, for at fifteen and selling tickets, and um, managed to cover not only my only kind of ticket there, but a number of us um, all our expenses, which was good. So that entrepreneurial streak was definitely there. I was actually just going to ask you about that time at, you know, Gloria Jeans and becoming a manager. I mean, at 15, uh, what did you learn from that time and how has it sort of um, impacted how you approach business today, if, if it has at all? Yeah, no, I think it definitely has. I think every experience, uh, it's important to kind of reflect on even yeah, what did you learn from working or uh, being in a certain position? I think Chlorogenes led to when I um, when my wage dropped dramatically. I then uh, went and got a job at Coffee Club um, and then Event Cinemas. And I think at each of those uh, franchise slash very well known and big businesses, I learned a lot about. Um, process and and how you can inspire the event cinemas. I got asked to go and do some head office stuff, and we created kind of the Monday student. I remember we did the student Mondays campaign, cheap tickets on Mondays, and that kind of came to life. Um, and I think it just constantly. I was always interested in learning and being challenged, and I think that led myself um, to when I went to uni, studying communications and law, and just always being constantly wanting to to meet and be inspired by people that have had really great experiences beyond 
my own. Now, you mentioned you studied communications and law at uni. Did you kind of have a clear picture of what you wanted to do when you graduated or has that evolved along the way? Yeah, I I think um, it's definitely evolved. So when I did the communications, I was fortunate to meet Sharon Williams, who came and did a guest lecture, and she inspired me about marketing. So then I I remember at the end of the lecture when I asked her if I could um, have a job, and she ended up letting me have a job. Um, And I became kind of part of uh, the tourist marketing for a few years, learning about different brands and businesses' marketing strategy. She was definitely, she's an incredible connector, and she inspired me to reach out to people who I would think wouldn't want to have a conversation. Um, so I, I kind of learned to use LinkedIn and to reach out to people that have been the former CEOs of Coca-Cola or all these big businesses just to simply try to understand how they got to where they are. And, and then in my own kind of universe and my business partner, Drew, what could we learn from that in in the passion that we're trying to build? Yeah, there, um, to your question yeah. around, I guess, experiences and work, um, I then really wanted to, I could see myself maybe being a lawyer. So um, I, although I was definitely the, I fell into being a, um, getting offered a job at A&O as a paralegal um, simply because I reached out to a partner at the firm and in that partner's experience over 20 years, he's only had a handful of people reach out direct and he was somebody that taught me a lot about the industry and shared his experience and I really valued it. And he ended up after the coffee being like, you're the least prepared person for an interview that I've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he gave me, he gave me a, a, a job and, and then he go, and then I remember getting a call from him cause I had to send my resume and create a resume for this kind of paralegal role. And, and this is a funny story and I can't believe I'm saying it out loud. That <laughs> I remember him calling me going, Troy, I'm not sure you've got the attention to detail that you're necessarily going to need because in my reference of what I studied, it was meant to be public, but I had written pubic communications. Uh, <laughs> <so>. <laughs> anyway, but I, I got the job and I got the experience and I, at that point we were already starting Next Bar um, and it was only a matter of time before I fully went into where we are today. Yeah, so sounds like conversations and connections made a, a really big impact on um, your journey to entrepreneurship and that kind of brings me to Nexpo because that was spawned from my understanding over a bevy at the beach. Can you tell me a bit more about the moment your business partner, who's now your brother-in-law, Drew, how he came up with that idea for a, a sugar-free drink and what was it that inspired you to join him in this this mission to change the world and get rid of sugar from from sodas. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, Drew's my uh, brother-in-law. So I've actually known him for the majority of my life. I think I was 11 years old when he first started dating my sister at childhood sweethearts. But um, when he went to he went to Mexico and did a stint overseas while studying civil en- uh, civil engineering and. Ultimately, I think the experience he had overseas was just this breadth of variety um, and products being made fresh and just a lot more choice than what we necessarily have or had at the time in Australia 12 years ago now, um, which we clearly we typically have big multinational brands. And I think at a fundamental level and why I was keen to jump on this journey with Drew is um, 
I was fortunate to have experiences as growing up where um, actually David Whedon, who I referenced before, his daughter was working in a remote community. She's like a sister in my life. And I got to experience and go there and see how negative uh, the impact of availability of really bad products is having on people's health. Um, so I think it was clear when Drew said, hey, um, do you want to jump on this journey and create a, a better for you and healthy products? We began in iced tea and iced tea was very simply two big brands, both packed with sugar in the same flavors in the same format. So it was how do we make a difference in that category? And it's since evolved in a really big way so that now Nextberry is about being the number one naturally sugar-free brand and we're underpinned by effectively what took us six years to create, which is good sweet. And that's our IP in the natural ingredients that are able to maintain great taste because taste is needed to get uh, uh, consumers to enjoy. A pro- like if people don't really understand the negative implications of sugar and artificials and you create a product that tastes bad, then they're, they're going to just lean into the products that taste in their mind good and but mm. are unaware of the negative implications of that decision. So mm. I think that's why we're focused on trying to make available great choice. You mentioned um, communities and, and the trip that you made, um, and I know that there was a bit of a light bulb moment for you um, in Arnhem Land in a trip uh, in the Northern Territory. Can you tell us about how that formed part of your inspiration to want to kind of improve the, the kind of accessibility to drinks that are, have a more positive effect on, on people? This is a huge area and one that I don't feel like I have enough lived experience to be able to talk about properly because it is something that I'm, I, I believe in strongly and I, I think that we passionately need to have a big impact. But I went to Gapawiak, which is a remote community, and could see um, that very young um, people were just drinking a large number of soft drinks and that's because, and instead of water because it was almost as accessible. Um, and the value of, um, yeah, and then speaking to the um, local health um, and, and the nurses that were in the community and just them sharing about how it's driving an acceleration in childhood diabetes and all those negative implications of a poor diet. And there's still a lot of work that needs to be done in making sure that we're providing all areas of the community the right um products that are available that should be what we term in terms of being good sweet which is um, great taste but without any sugar or artificial nasties. So you guys were in your very early 20s at this time. I know that you were selling drinks out of the back of a van in Bondi. Uh, This is obviously before the production line came along but the business grew pretty rapidly. How much how much did you learn on the job and and was it like a crash course in, in business development? I think that as founders you're, or as leaders, so I don't think people need to be founders at all, but as a leader in any kind of business, you're learning on the job all the time. I think that, um, and I think education also plays a really important role, but I think my role as a founder has changed um, many times because if it doesn't change, it means that we're not growing. Like I was only having a recent conversation with the, the ambition and the direction, the growth, that I really, uh, Drew and I are both passionate about building is we're not the people that should be the group CEO of the organisation at a point in time in the future because um, the business needs to be bigger than our skill sets and our backgrounds. And I think the more that you become in tune with 
what you're passionate about, what you enjoy doing, you can kind of lean into that and that becomes your kind of professional superpowers and where you can focus on um, and contribute the most in, in your environment. And what do you think you've discovered has been your professional superpower um, on this journey? <laughs> Connecting with people and bringing people on a vision, I think is probably my superpower. <laughs> is that something that has come really naturally or have you ever suffered from imposter syndrome or is there self-doubt ever does that ever come into play or is that something that you've kind of just you just know where you're going oh, i think um every well i'd love to meet the person that's never had any self-doubt <laughs> and understand how um but yeah i think imposter syndrome is is real all the time but i think it's i, I only i recently i was pretty fortunate to attend um a conference and all those conversations about like tr- this whole trust in your gut and is that a real thing um and i think listening i think at the end of the day you need to take ownership of um your actions and you need to be comfortable with the fact that you will make mistakes but those mistakes are insights and learnings for how you can be better down the track um so i think it's just leaning into that this episode is brought to you by shopify whether you're selling a little or a lot Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Now, if I can um, just have a chat with you about the whole expansion of of Nexpa because it can take years to get into a major retailer, but you managed to get Nexpa stocked firstly at a 7-Eleven just a couple of years into your journey. I mean, what was that like knowing that you got a deal and that your products were going to be available around the country at a convenience store? I think there's been many and there'll continue to be, we call them bell ringing moments at Nexpa and, and obviously winning national distribution in 7 was a really exciting partner and I guess a moment in time which kind of reflected that we were on the right journey. I don't think I ever didn't have confidence that we would get the brand there because we were so starkly different to what exists. Um, so the the market today, if you look at any category, is either got sugar products or um, those that um, reduced sugar are replacing the taste with artificial ingredients. And uh, I think at a health implication, that's um, potentially and the data and the science is now coming out where it'll prove that that's worse for you than potentially if you're a healthy person having an occasional sugar product. Um, so I think the reason we were able to get that distribution in key retailers is because when you sit down with a, a buyer of a, a big account, they get to understand that difference. Uh, and then the big challenge for us and um, in the next phase of growth is letting consumers understand that they can trust naturally sugar-free products. You've mentioned um, the next stage is getting the consumer trust, but that's a lot of consumers to get their trust going as well because you're now not only in 7-Eleven, you're in Coles, you're in Woolies, there's national distribution, Nexpa's global operation, you're in Sainsbury's in the UK, you're in South Korea. I mean, what, apart from getting the consumer trust on board, what has been in terms of the business, the biggest challenges in scaling at such a fast rate and at such a great rate? Yeah, I think the, next, the exciting path 
for us is the education piece and and scaling because we've worked so in an industry where you've not got the uh, significant capital of multinationals behind you. Um, it is about do you have a really great product difference and brand authenticity that consumers do love? And I think we've been very fortunate that we've got a lot of loyal um, brand advocates behind us, which allows us to scale. Um, but ultimately, the, I guess the challenges in growth or how do you overcome challenges in growth? It's being about as the leader of the business, you have to clearly have, uh, for me and my, how my brain works, there's so many opportunities available, but that can be quite distracting to where an organisation needs to focus at a point in time. So it's having a, an appreciation of how you can influence others around you that and have, bring in the right people that can be very focused on execution um to then and then as then i can kind of lean into our role of but what is the next kind of innovation and future and drew and myself as founders we're, we're constantly um balancing that that line because you don't want to be kind of like distracted by you know all that noise you've got you want to you could have you could be doing this you could be doing this you could be doing that there's there's so many you could be doing but then you've got to you know, focus on one thing at a time and step into, and I guess when you're going into each of these new markets, you have to think about what market you're stepping into. Yeah, absolutely. I think the, without question, uh, there's so much that you're going to learn over time and improve upon. But I think by being clear on the current strategy, execution is made a lot easier. Um, so I think it's about being quite focused on how we, how we expand has been a really positive thing for us to continually get uh, I guess high growth as we scale the business. So um, you've also had American investment from Gangels, which is a venture investment syndicate that represents the LGBTQ community and its allies. Now I've heard the term the pink ceiling to describe the glass ceiling um, a lot of LGBT people face in in reaching really senior roles or you know founding businesses, but that seems to be more old school. Does that still exist in startup land? I think it's always getting better for sure, but like. In my own personal journey, uh, it took me a while before I fully was comfortable to share in a professional sense my sexuality. And I think um, Gangers was a really exciting moment to prove that if you accept yourself and you lean into yourself, um, it's going to lead to more positive impact than you probably could have imagined um, when you thought it could be a negative attribution. Um, but, and I think I'm very fortunate to be in a position where our business is at a size that it is where I can lean into it in a very big way. And I do want to share that story. I've had incredible mentors like Paul Zara. Uh, he's also one of our, our legends and investors in Nexpa, um, to be inspired by kind of their courage to, um, share their story because I remember the first time that I did, <laughs> there was somebody listening and they shared that it actually meant something by hearing it. So I think that, um, as somebody in the LGBTQ community, I think it is an, an important um, area to lean into and share because it shouldn't be a barrier. It should be something that can unlock. And I think the Gangels is a really nice network of investors focused on supporting um, gay founders where, um, yeah, I think there's great momentum in that. We talked about superpowers earlier. That is actually a superpower and it's something that we want you know, more people in the LGBTQ community to be able to go, well, actually, I shouldn't be afraid of you know, whether someone's going to 
uh, give me funding or withdraw funding or whether, you know, a supplier is not going to take my business on because of this. Like they're not the kind of people I want to work with if that's how they are. A hundred percent. And I think that um, I often challenge my own thinking because I was in my own personal journey um, 12 years ago. I wasn't comfortable with my sexuality and it took me time to lean into that. I'm now um, an incredibly fortunate human with an amazing husband, Blake Bowden, and part of a rainbow family with two beautiful mums that are the primary parents of our four boys. <laughs> so <laughs> I've lent in and I'm, I'm part of a really amazing rainbow family. Mm-hmm. And I think it, in a professional sense, the more that on any diversity or equality perspective, it is when you can be yourself in a professional circumstance, you're going to be your best self in your professional work and what you output. So I think it's um, super important and there's way too big rates of people who struggle um, and even in this environment, well, particularly in this environment of people, their social connection is less. Um, and then if you're not leaning in and trying to be yourself or in an environment where you can't, um, I think that needs to stop and change fast. Which really kind of leads me nicely into my next question because you're talking all about that sense of self and being true to yourself. I read that you once said, success is the byproduct of doing business right. Now, what did you mean by that and how is that part of your ethos on an everyday level and as an entrepreneur? Yeah, thank you. That I, I love um, that quote and that quote is not um, mine. It's one that I like to share and, it, and that came, that was instilled in me by a gentleman called Peter Barron who is, um, he became a father figure. Uh, he passed away unfortunately last year um, after a battle with cancer but he was the god, uh, we used to term him um, in a fun way like the godfather of Next Bar. and I think what he instilled in myself and Drew is this concept of success as the byproduct of doing business right and that they also businesses are only die from within because um, business isn't necessarily easy. In fact, it's always challenging and every great strategy that you have planned won't go to plan um, and it's that kind of resilience of being comfortable to lean into those changes and to kind of go, okay, what happened? Take that learning but then act again and move forward. That's what keeps that momentum. Um, And equally, I think more today than it has ever existed in the past. If you're a business or a brand or if somebody says to myself, I'm in business because I want to make money, then uh, they're the first person I wouldn't back (laughs) in that business being (laughs) successful because there needs to be substance behind longevity. I think having the right culture in the team can also attribute to the success of a business. Would you agree? Yeah, without without question, I think the ethos that Drew and I tried to in, or try to always instill at Nexper is this mindset of being naturally brave, and that can mean being a naturally brave self as well. Um, and our values of in the business are kind of to be brave, to be collaborative, to be real, um, and that all. And to be fun, I always forget the fun. I got to have more fun. <laughs> <laughs> so key, so. Exactly. But yeah, it, I think purpose and and like within myself, I've done development work on what is my purpose. So I've got a purpose statement of live bravely, love life and leave legacy. Um, so they're kind of pillars. And that's something that uh, I've workshopped with um, knowing my husband's purpose as well. And um, I think it just leads to a, a healthier and a, 
a clear focus on where you're heading in life just as as, as an individual um, mm. but also in a partnership. Mine's live more, learn more, love more. So oh, pretty much we're, we're very close. Uh, we're aligned, I think. <laughs> exactly. you're, you're putting me to shame. I haven't haven't distilled my life purpose in a you know, in a pithy kind of uh, you know a couple of words statement. But right after this podcast, I'm gonna you know go and do a brainstorm, and I'll come back to you guys on that. <laughs> now we're coming up to our last question, and I think one thing that we finally want to know is. Given that Nexpert is a sugar-free alternative to soda and you're all about the healthy healthy alternatives, how important is health and well-being in your daily life? Do you walk the talk? Are you like a an advertisement for mindfulness and meditation and sugar doesn't pass your lips? <laughs> I absolutely take health and well-being as being incredibly important, but I'm absolutely not going to paint myself as somebody that doesn't um, enjoy the occasional drink and to have um, and to taste things that I haven't tasted before, which obviously will contain sugar. I think at a processed product perspective, um, I think that why we exist is to make good, sweet tasting products available across every single category because that'll be a very easy way to make a significant shift for people. So I think personally, um, I'm trying to live uh, my best life. I'm, I'm learning more and more about um, I guess mindfulness and meditation. I, I live up. Um, my husband and I we now live in the Northern Rivers in a place called Nokro, and I've, I I don't I feel like a generalisation, but I've been experiencing things like doing ice baths and stuff like this. Um, <laughs> but and only recently had a scientist talk to me about how the impacts of exercise and um, particularly your diet, how you, by focusing and getting that right, you can dramatically increase your lifespan so i think the science is there which is why nexpers also exists and how do we make that more known widely well troy it's been a good sweet pleasure chatting with you today (laughs) and um to you listening at home on a train wherever you are thanks for joining us as always um at first act uh come back next week when we unpack another world-class aussie innovators first act um thanks again troy and thank you sis Thank you. Thanks, Esther. Thanks, Adam.